Welcome to Bella Figura, the tradition of living beautifully. I am your host, Dolores Alfieri Taranto. On this show, we talk spirituality for the rest of us, with a focus on the art of beautifying all facets of your life. Using heritage, culture, beauty by hand, ancestral traditions, and old world style as means to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to season four. Somebody give me a drum roll. (laughs) It's taken a bit to get here, but we're here, and I am very proud of that. This season, we're going to focus on the theme of beauty. And as I do in every season, I'd really like to explore all the different facets of beauty, what they mean, how we can incorporate more of it into our lives. So beauty meaning health, so internal beauty, external beauty, physical beauty, beauty in our homes, beauty in art, just Every kind of angle that I have the chance to touch upon, we are going to touch upon. And today's guest is the perfect way to kick off this season. Her name is Shiva Rose. And if if I had to pick a word to kind of sum up her brand and her approach to life, it would actually be beauty. So I'm really looking forward to introducing you to her. And I will do that in a minute here. Some of you who are following me over on Instagram, my handle is at Dolores underscore Alfieri underscore Taranto, may already have heard that Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead and I are planning to do trips to Italy. We are so excited to introduce this and we are really busy behind the scenes here just kind of sketching out the details, plugging in the different things that we want to do and we would want to do with you. One of our considerations right now is doing basically the trip that Shay and I did this past summer, which many of you kind of followed along via social and over on my Substack. And we'd like to really bring a small group with us because it was such an amazing experience and such an original, unique, authentic experience. It's just not what you're going to get. A, going by yourself or B, you know, taking any kind of tour with a kind of big tour company and so on. It is a really, really off the beaten path type of trip. So if you're interested in learning more about our plans to go to Sicily, Definitely give me a follow over on Instagram. You can also sign up for my Substack. I will link to that in the show notes. I offer free and paid subscriptions, so don't be afraid to join me over there. There is tons of extra content that I put out that I think you'll really enjoy if you're listening to this show. Uh, We also have another trip in mind, which is a little less rustic, a little less remote, And that would be kind of to the area of uh, Noto or Syracuse or Tija, where we would be a little bit more in the city, you know, small cities, closer to all the shops and the cafes. And we would kind of bring the cooking classes and the rural life to us. So we would bring people in to do wine tastings, olive oil tastings. We would do cooking classes with you, but we would have more of a kind of luxury hotel experience as opposed to being, 
you know, up in the mountains and quiet. So we're thinking of doing two a year and alternating between those two trips. Uh, If you're interested in either, no commitment, but I'd love to hear from you and hear your feedback. I did throw up some stories on Instagram the other day to kind of get a sense from all of you which you would prefer. And I loved hearing all the feedback and loved reading your comments. So shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Dolores at BellaFigurapodcast.com. And just a reminder that House of Tokamon continues to be a generous sponsor of this podcast. I love not only Annabelle, the owner, as a person, as a human being in this world, but I love her message, her mission, what she's about, and how she goes about doing it. If you are looking for beautiful, natural, non-toxic, hand-woven, vintage rugs, this is the place for you. Fill your homes with beauty. That is the theme of this season's show, and Annabelle and House of Tokamon is all about beauty. The rugs are sourced from around the world, cleaned, prettied up, and shipped to you, and you can get 25% off any rug by using the code BELLA25. I'll include that code in the show notes in case you forget it, but definitely hop on over to hotrugs.net and check out her inventory. I have some of her rugs in my own home. I swap them out for big box store plastic toxic rugs, and I do not regret it. It's about investing in the good things, friends, in the real things, in the true things, in the things that make our homes better and richer and healthier, of course, for everyone living inside of them. That's hotrugs.net and use the code BELLA25 for 25% off your order. Okay, with that said, let's jump into the show here. I want to introduce you to my lovely guest, Shiva Rose. Shiva Rose was raised by Bohemian parents in the countryside of Iran until the revolution occurred, when suddenly a childhood nurtured on imagination and nature morphed into life as a refugee. Assimilating to a new life in America, she sought solace in old films, fashion, and books, which led her to work as an actress in TV, film, and theater. After having her first daughter in her early 20s, she was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, an occurrence that propelled her on a path as a naturalist and activist. She is the author of Whole Beauty, Daily Rituals and Natural Recipes for Lifelong Beauty and Wellness. She is also the creator of The Local Rose, a line of all-natural beauty products created with the utmost respect for the natural world and for you. So all of that will be linked to the show notes if you'd like to check out her book or her line of products or just her website in general, and I definitely encourage you to do so. This is a very special episode with a very special person, so let's jump on in. Shiva, welcome to Bella Figura. Grazie. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, We were talking a little bit before we started recording that you're a good reminder to me that there is a fine line between 
being annoying and being persistent <laughs> because I think the first time I reached out to you was literally over a year ago to come on yeah. the show. And I was telling you how you remind me that people are just so busy and I've gotten a lot better at not taking things personally since doing this show solo and just gently popping back up in people's inboxes and saying, Hey, are you still interested? And Thank I'll, you for that. Of I course. It because it is, yes, I think life just gets the best of us and, <laughs> you know, it has to be, and that's the other thing. It's divine planning, divine, right? It all works yep. in the, the way it's supposed to. Like I well, probably, we have more to share today than we probably would have a year ago. I really agree with that. And actually this morning, as I was getting ready to sit down with you, I thought she's the first guest for my new season and the theme is beauty. And what a perfect, absolutely perfect guest to kick Aww. off this season. It's so much about your platform and it's so much about how you live and it's so much about what you talk about beauty in all these different variations, which is exactly what I want to explore this season. We think of beauty as someone who's beautiful. That's kind of your knee jerk reaction. And of course that'll be part of the conversation, but you know, diving deeper than like natural beauty, the beauty of the home, the beauty of the earth, spiritual beauty, the beauty of divine timing, all of these things. And that's so much a part of what you do. Yes. So it's well, it's perfect. interesting because I feel like I'm at a place now where I wasn't a year ago, where mm. I'm really asking myself, how do I want to age? Like, do I want to age? Like I look at like, J I mean, listen, I look at like JLo and Salma yeah. Hayek and, you know, these women who are like, you know, in their fifties and just stunning and vivacious. And I'm like, I could see that, you know, and, and I think they've had some help. Sure. Um, and then I look at people like Georgia O'Keefe and, you know, Anais Nin and, <laughs> you know, yes. other, other role models. And I'm like, well, there's that route too, you know, where you go, you just let nature take its course and kind of like surrender to that beauty. Uh, so it's interesting. So see, there is something I think here, which I wasn't really pondering a year ago, but I'm really pondering it right now because I feel like I'm on the precipice where I kind of have to make a decision. Yeah, oh gosh, that's so interesting. Way. That's so interesting. And I have something of my own different than that. Um, although that's, that is an interesting topic to me um, as I get older too, but uh, I do have the same thing that I was also thinking about this morning that I'm currently on a journey myself that I was not on a year ago. That is a perfect conversation for you. So you're right. Divine timing, it all shakes out when it's supposed to. And um, booking this show, believe it or not, like something as silly as that, like booking a show has taught me A, about not taking things personally, personally and B, that everything clicks when it should. Yeah. So everything can be a practice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so before we dive into all of that juiciness that I can't wait to talk about, I like to start by asking my guests to tell me a little bit about their roots and the people that they come from. Mm, beautiful. Uh, well, I think I come from quite a diverse background. Uh, on my father's side, uh, he's Iranian. So I come from more of the Middle Eastern region, uh, specifically Turk Turkish area, um, uh, Azerbaijan, area and then on my mother's side she is a true American in that she's the melting pot 
you know, with Irish, English, mm. German, and Native American, um, some Cherokee on that side, uh, and and not that Jew, Jewish heritage is a, I don't know, some people say it's a religion, some people say it's a race, but that's also on my grandmother's side. So I feel like I, I cover pretty much everything. Do. <laughs> Every continent. Every continent. <laughs> not Australia. <laughs> and you grew up uh, in Iran, correct? Yes, my father being Iranian, we, we lived there for 10 years and we escaped during the revolution. Um, so, but I got, I had a beautiful idyllic, you know, not all the time, but moments of it being in nature in a rural place, which is interesting. Cause as you know, I'm now back to that, but in Texas right. and, and I, and I sometimes, you know, rub my eyes. I'm like, this is so much like my childhood, the burning of the mm. garbage, you know what I mean? Like the smell of that, that they did in Iran, they do here, the sound of roosters and, you know, sheep in the background. And it's sometimes I'm like, wow, I really have come full circle. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like a full circle. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you had to flee uh, Iran, did you, did you come directly here to the States? Well, we did, we actually, we escaped and it was, it's a crazy story. That's I a whole past in itself, yeah. but we were held, you know, in Germany for a, a little while and then to England and then finally to San Francisco, which is where my grandparents were. So we kind of made a little leap. And then we eventually went from there to LA, which is where my father, he went to UCLA and my parents had some roots there. So, oh, okay. Okay. So we, I, I ended we ended up in Los Angeles Do with you, a lot of other Iranians. Oh, <laughs> really? Was that a place that a lot of oh, Iranians huge diaspora of Iranians? Yeah. There's a, there's a place in, in LA called little Tehran. It's in Westwood Boulevard. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's like, being in Iran. <laughs> oh, wow. So then you, I was, my next question was going to be, did you kind of retain any of the traditions of the Iranian culture? Um, my guess is if you grew up in a, in a enclave, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I think okay. I was trying to assimilate. I sure. tried, you know, I really tried at that age to try to assimilate as much as I could. My parent, it was a lot of turmoil, my personal life, family life with my parents and so I don't know. I mean, we always try, there, there's remnants of it. And my mother being American embraced the Iranian culture so much. Mm. So she continued to cook the food and, you know, uh, have us connected that way for sure. I see. Yeah. I and mean, that is a, a big um, impulse that we talk a lot of, um, about on this show. The, you know, the, the pressure to assimilate as an Italian American, the daughter of immigrants, my parents came here much later than most people who listen to the show, you know, the majority of them, I would say, have the kind of great grandparents, grandparents, that generation really had the pressure to assimilate to the point that they did teach their children to speak Italian and they didn't want them to speak Italian. And right. Only, right. Only the parents or the grandparents spoke Italian and the kids had to speak English. I don't know if that was so much the case with Iranians, but maybe in some cases, yes, because they would change their names from, you right. know, to like from, from uh, it's very common for Iranians to Americanize their names. Right. And all of that. Yeah. Um, but I have such an affinity for Italy. And I think part of it, it's my Iranian father, mm -hmm. you know, used to, he just loved Italian films and, you know, I'd watch all those De Sica films and, uh, you oh, know, wow. um, 
Antonioni and just I I feel like my a part of my soul is attached. I could live in Italy for sure. I actually thought I would live in Italy someday. <laughs> you know, I can see that in you. It's interesting because I've met so many great people doing this show and made actually many good friends through speaking to people on the show. And my favorite people are those who are not Italian but have this affinity for Italy and the culture because we can bond on that. It's like this, it's actually exactly why I wanted to start the show. Mm. The first podcast I started in 2015 was all about Italian culture, Italian American culture. And then after like five years of having the same conversations with Italian Americans, I thought there's gotta be overlap with other people. And there's right. Like things we can bond on what a rich culture, right? Like when you just absolutely, think about, I mean, not just the food, but the literature and the art and the music. I mean, and my mom was an opera singer. So I grew up with, oh my goodness, you know, all the Puccini and all the amazing Italian composers. And yeah, oh, it sounds like such them. a vibrant upbringing. <laughs> it definitely was creative, artistic parents make, <sighs> make for very good fodder for both entertainment <laughs> and my, I keep telling my daughters to like write, I'm like, you have the material, your crazy hippie mom and your right. fa- their father's an actor. I'm like, you have the material right there. I gave this to you. I gave it to you, it's perfect. It's a, it's a hit. Well, speaking of actors, you, you were an actress for a period of time, correct? You can tell me a little bit about that? Yes, for, I mean, a lot of it was, because as a young child, the escape from Iran and everything was so traumatic that I, I, I really healed myself through books and mm. storytelling. And then from that led me to wanting to portray the stories and becoming an actor. So I started acting, you know, young and 15 at school and so on at 15. And I knew right then I wanted to act. So that, that, that sort of, but thank God, because it gave me a mission where it's like, you know, I was at a school where drugs were big and, and so many things. And, you know, I lost so many friends to that. And I think the acting saved my life because I was able to like have some, some sort of track. Theater was always my, my biggest passion. And my ex-husband was an actor and um, I ended up having my older daughter young though at 25 and that kind of like, you know, put the acting a little bit sure. on hold, but it, but it's been, um, it was a wonderful thing until about, gosh, I think, like 12 years ago, 10, 10 years ago, when I just, re- I, I never thought I would not act or want oh, to be really? involved, but I just, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to move on. And that's when I started my, my line and my blog. And it just, you know what, you have more control. Like as an actor, you just are really have no control. You, you need so many elements to, to do your craft, you know? Yeah. Things have to line up. People have to give you access. They have to give you parts. They have to all, all right. of these things, uh, the auditions, I'm very interested in this topic of such big life shifts, especially when it comes to career, which, which can easily also be like identity mm-hmm. and how we think of ourselves and what we thought we were going to be. I guess in some ways, because I, that's happened to me often and a lot of people that I know, I, I really think when you're young, you just think I'm going to do this. And some people do, right? Some people are, are, you know, 15 and they say, I'm going to be an actress and they become huge famous people and they die acting. <laughs> but it seems like there's more people like that when you're looking at them, but there's not. More people are like us where you start out mm-hmm. on a path and then 
you get older and life throws some curveballs at you, circumstance, et cetera, politics, <laughs> right? I mean, I bet your family didn't expect to have to escape the country you were living in, mm-hmm. things like that. When you, when you got to that point and you decided I'm going to make this big shift, was it, was it difficult or did it feel super natural? And like it the felt time natural, I felt natural. natural. And that's why timing is everything. Cause if you had told me two years before that, I would have been like, no way, this is my passion. This is my love of life. You know, right. um, you just have to be ready, I think. And, you know, there was many logistical things. I didn't want to travel. I had two young children. Okay. I was divorced. I was, you know, I wanted to be home you know, there were things to my health wasn't good. And, you know, acting it's 99% rejection, you know, and people don't realize. And that's why sometimes now in my business, you know, people wonder how I can take the like, no, 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 <laughs> because it, having your own business and so on, mm. you, it's, uh, many no's. Yeah. It just, you know, doesn't bother me. I think because of the years of being an actress, I mean, literally they're being rejected daily based on your looks, your talent, your, you know, connections. So in a way it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably not great for the spirit, but it also (laughs) creates a little bit of a Teflon. The resilience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and were you living the way you live now? I mean, was your life based on I mean, you're very into the moon moon cycles holistic health natural beauty was that part of your life at that time it was definitely a okay. part probably not to the extreme it is now but you know when I was 25 I got diagnosed with autoimmune issues and I was told I had a year to live oh. and I had just had my daughter so that um got me onto the road to healing myself I mean I definitely it wasn't uh, it wasn't right away. It was very long. And, you know, I did try allopathic Western medicines. I did try, you know, I tried everything, but eventually I figured out for my body and my sensitivity, more of the, you know, the organic lifestyle, the healthy lifestyle. I never liked fragrances. I never always gave me headache. You know, there were certain Mm -hmm. things that sort of like pushed me on this. And this is before we knew how toxic they are, you know, now we know, those things are so toxic. Um, so there was definitely things, but my health was probably what pushed me towards that. Um, you know, and, and this is before the internet. So I would go to libraries and just read, you know, read books on Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. And, and I became, I had to become my own healer because doctors couldn't really help me. So it sort of was like putting the pieces together. And from what I've heard you talk about, you, you did manage to kind of reverse this disorder, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's taken, you know, like I always say, I say it in my book too, it's, it's, it's healing is, is like the feminine, it's circular, you know, it's one step forward, step mm. back, two steps forward, mm. two steps, never like linear, I think. Um, so yes, there, there's times when I've been out of remission and then times I go, I mean, knock on wood right now, I feel pretty good. <laughs> I feel pretty strong. You know, my hormones, I'm like in my fifties and my period, God willing, goddess willing is still strong, you know, stronger than it was in my thirties. So, you know, go figure hmm. like I'm probably more fertile now than I was in my thirties. I don't know how that happened. Probably diet, less stress you know, living in the country. I mean, there's so many elements probably to that, you know? Oh, there's like, I could pick apart. I could like take apart every part of what you just <laughs> said and go in a whole, like its own episode direction with it right now. Um, okay. 
uh, I'll pick one. So <laughs> <laughs> this is why I knew I, I, I know my, da- my daughter sometimes like you're still bleeding mom yeah. I'm like uh yeah it's <laughs> yeah, it's, ama- it's amazing and I'm gonna jump into I'm gonna have to bring up some personal issues which I mean my audience is not I, I'm not like an open book I do I am kind of old-fashioned enough to believe in having privacy among you know people that are not really like my family and close you know but on the podcast, I do share with the audience. So it's not, it's not crazy, but I haven't talked about this anywhere else. And between what you just said about the, the circular, that it's two steps forward, two steps back. Also what you said about being in your fifties and still having your menstrual cycle right now, I'm dealing with, like I said um, earlier, you know, I, wouldn't have been able to talk about a lot of this stuff with you had we spoken a year ago. Right. Mm -hmm. I think what we're dealing with is a, an industry, a society, Western medicine that completely has its place in my opinion and has its benefits. But I think more and more as I get older, I don't know if it's me getting older or the system's getting crazier, but I think we've been so trained that the pill like you you should just pop a pill and that should be the end of symptoms and pain and all of these things and what I'm realizing is when you are trying to heal yourself naturally when you are trying to use herbs and plants and supplements and sleep and rest and right meditation it takes longer and that's really difficult for us especially Americans that longer that, that slow is really, really hard to adapt to. Yes. But then it's, it'll last longer, right? You're getting Mm -hmm. to the root. You're getting to the nervous, calming the nervous system enough. So it will heal. The nervous system can't heal. The body can't heal if it's in fight or flight or, you know, stress or trauma. And, um, and yeah, it's interesting because it's a lot, it has a lot to do with women and pleasure because I'm diving a lot into womb magic and womb medicine and how beautiful and sacred the womb is. And it's like the same thing for a woman, you know, when she's with her beloved, she can't really reach those places of pleasure unless her nervous system. So it's like interesting that healing and pleasure go hand in hand. And it's all about our nervous systems calming that. It is. And I, I did a whole season last season, the theme was slow down. And I just basically explored all these different iterations of what does that mean? And really towards the end, I realized that it's way more than how fast or slow you move. It's really your reaction, the pause between when someone says something and you respond. Mm-hmm. And now I'm ladling in health and healing. And I'm realizing it's the same thing, that same impulse that makes us feel like we can't stop, like we're crazy, like we're overwhelmed. Our nervous system is a wreck. Uh, we have we have this huge never ending to-do list. All of those, oh, the things that don't keep us in the present moment, it's, this, it's the same impulse that makes you think I can't take the time to heal my body. Right. It's kind of like right. a simple thing, but it's really opened up my approach to this. Yes. Well, that's, that's, I think that's the beginning is the cognizance, you know, the recognition of that. That's like 80% of it. I think I really do. Oh, good. 
<laughs> well, Check. because once you make that correlation, we, you know, our bodies are so in, you know, in tune and, and it's such a symbiotic relationship, you know? So I think that just no, the knowledge of that is huge. Well, I had something happen um, about a year ago. So I have dealt with cystic acne most of my adult life. And I, I've always been into natural healing and such and herbs, but I did also often feel like they were really good for prevention. But once mm -hmm. I got to the point where I had to fix a problem, right. I never felt like they quote unquote worked. And I think it was because it's so much more involvement to use them to heal an issue. Right. And I was just in that mindset of this is too much. I can't do this. They don't work. I wanted to I take, get, I get it. And you want to get, you want to fix it. I mean, of course, especially something like it. that, that's, you know, it's like, you know, it's anybody out there who deals with it. It is way well, more is stressful. It gut, is it gut related or hormonal? So it's definitely hormonal. I have been doing really well with that. And I think where I'm at now is kind of the, like taking the gut to like a new level, like dealing with that too. Is definitely. Yes. I've learned so much, but what really happened, I think this is probably, I don't want to compare, I mean, what happened to you at all with like cystic acne, but no, no, no. It's <laughs> I think we, you know, you probably have that. Everyone has maybe in their own way, that moment or something happens and you realize, okay, this is enough is enough. When you enough reach is that point, you can't, you just, that's it. You don't want to deal with it. Any, I totally understand. Enough is enough. <laughs> and I got to that point. So I lost my I lost my period out of nowhere. Okay. So, and I, cause I was, I was on medication for my face that I had been on before I had my son and it worked fairly well. I had some symptoms and I actually ended up getting off it, but I went back on about three years after he was two years after he was born. And to make this story quick and I make it too much about myself, you know, so many doctors were like, no, it's not that medication. And then other doctors finally were like, it could be that medication. And and then like the doctor that I see all the time knew that I wanted to have another baby. She never mentioned to me what I finally learned, which is actually the medicine I was on can absolutely mess with your cycle, make it stop, make it be sporadic, all of these things. So here I am, I'm going, I guess I'm, am I perimenopausal? I mean, I am older, like, but I'm, I'm a little too young for that. I mean, all yeah. these things are... I'm like, oh, you know, and then it brings on this, like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to have another baby. Like there goes right. that all this crazy. And if you go to a run of the mill doctor, that's what they're going to tell you. Oh like, yeah. I, I was told that you were told the before same my thing second, before my second daughter. Yeah. I was told by two doctors. I would never be able to have kids. Really? That I'm sure is very comforting to some women who are listening right now. Yeah. That's why no, I, I was 34, 35, you know, and, um, but I'm so rebellious. I said, <laughs> and, and I went it... to acupuncture and Chinese doctor. And in three months I was pregnant. Amazing. So, Amazing. Yes. Were, did they tell you that because of your, the, the disorder you were dealing with or just like other health issues and hormones, my levels, that's the thing about hormones and women. I mean, I was going through menopause in my thirties, you know, and now I'm back. So you, they, there's so much, they don't know. You know, that's the, the, the beautiful thing about women and hormones is it can heal, it can come back, it can, 
you know, if we figure out the root cause, if we can nurture and support it all, it wants to come back. It wants to, it wants to be, you yeah. know, our that's what I, when I made that realization in the depths of this pain I was in is that the, the, the body I read somewhere is like a boat, like a ship and it wants to be balanced. Mm. You know, it's like, it like want, it's like our, we want, when I made that realization that they, our body wants to be in a healthy, good state. It just, it just like, was like an aha moment. I wasn't fighting it anymore. You know, that's, I totally get that. I just got chills. As my listeners know, when I get chills, it means like, cause I know something is true. Let me tell you about our partners, Dry Farm Wines. You guys, you've been listening to me talk about Dry Farm since pretty much the show began, and there is a reason for it. I trust by now, you know, I would not rep anything I did not believe in, and I did not love myself. In this house, we make our own wine, we make homemade wine, and I love me some homemade wine. When I'm not drinking homemade wine, the only wine I drink in this house is wine that I get from Dry Farm. And why is that? Because Dry Farm sources wines from around the world, from small family vineyards that are similar to the homemade wine that we make, meaning there are no additives. There's no added sugar. There's no toxic chemicals added to the grapes. And the result is wine you can feel good about drinking. There are no dyes. These are all things that are in the wine bottles, on the shelves, at the grocery store, at the liquor store, and I won't drink them. I have been a member of Dry Farm for years now, and I get excited still to this day every time a box of wines shows up at my front door. If you use the link provided exclusively for Bella Figura listeners, dryfarmwines.com forward slash Bella Figura, you'll receive a bottle of this beautiful crafted wine for just a penny in your first order. That's dryfarmwines.com forward slash Bella Figura. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. And (laughs) I, I bring up that kind of what to me, it is personal. I bring that up because of everything that you just said. And I know, I know, I know, I know there's listeners who needed to just hear that whatever they're going through. I don't know, but I, I know that they need to hear that. And that's, that's where I'm, I'm on a journey with that. And it's been really eye-opening. I just got off everything. I just stopped. Well, I was going to say, clean your liver if you haven't done that already, because that helps flush, you know, and then the hormones can, um, red clover tea, you know, nettles, inositol, which is a B vitamin. There's all these things that you can take to support your system. I'm going to write that down. Red clover and inositol. I'm not taking, but I did. I stopped. I stopped all the medication. I stopped all the topicals. I, like you just said, I was like enough, like, I'm just tired of this. I started going weekly chiropractor acupuncture. I started taking like the right, I was always taking supplements, but I just, I feel like I'm taking them. Like I have this mix that I make in the morning and I call it my like glow skin juice. It's like my elixir. I mix all, you know, like I'm just trying to really 
get to it and knock on wood, I'm doing better now than I was on all that stuff. And a month off the medicine, one month, one cycle, my period came back. (gasps) No way. Yes. Yep. And your skin is glowing and beautiful. Thank you. I mean, I do have some makeup on right now, covering up some red (laughs) spots from scars. Like, you know, it's still, like you said, that's why, like when you said the site circle, because I still have like some, a lot that I have to deal with, you know, like inflammation, I'm assuming. I, I also think genetically, honestly, the, 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 descendant of really fiery Southern Italians. <laughs> I have like, I'm, I feel like I'm like a furnace. Well, in Ayurveda, they would say you're Pitta, right? I don't okay. know if you dived into that. So you need to add more uh, Vata and Kapha things. That's your very Pitta. Pitta is always, you know, shows up in your skin and mm. it's that thing. So you would, I would say you need more, well, right now it's cool. So it's not so hard, but in the summers eat cucumbers, you know, yogurt, watermelon things to cool your system down your body down there's a lot of uh, wisdom in that this is you know all of you who've listened to all of season three and heard me talk about slow down this is another phase of that it's it's really making the time to take care of your body because like you said it does last longer instead Mm -hmm. of me always being I always feel like I was like behind the ball trying to solve something that was already out of control. And I mean, it's kind of like soil, right? And food, like when we take care of the soil and it takes time, but once we amend it and nourish it and help it, then the, the, the vegetables are even more delicious and beneficial for us, right? I, that's just a great, it's a great metaphor. And, and also- Are you taking magnesium too? I so. am, that's part of my okay. glow elixir <laughs> that I was telling you about, yeah. <laughs> that's in there every morning with that magnesium. And magnesium's great, it, it keeps you like calm, it helps for, for all these things that are really important. One thing I will throw out for people who might wanna know, I should probably do a Substack post about this. One thing I've added in that I never did before was the castor oil packs. Mm, yes. I Amazing. feel like those are magic. Amazing. I, I know I got to get back on my, they're so am, incredible. Am I crazy or do I like feel the shifting when I have it on? A hundred percent. I mean, I've gotten rid of cysts. I've gotten rid of like I mean, I don't know what else, you know, I really recommend those to people. If you're dealing with something like look into them or DM me, I'll, you know, if you want me to do a post on it, I will. But those, I feel like to detox and just move things like you, you can't get into your body and move things, right. You can't physically do that. Well, you know, the whole idea too, is the detox pathways need to be open. Mm. That's something that we're finding out more about. Like if you're not going to the bathroom, sweating, releasing, you know, right. uh, doing the things that eliminating through your body, your orifices, yep. then, then there's going to be trouble. So, you know, and, and then what's causing that usually it's parasites or mold or Lyme or, you know, there's like the pre-existing stuff and then all the other things will wreak havoc. Um, and it so. is a lot, like, as we're talking about it, it can be really overwhelming. And I, I think that I've been really fortunate. I have like great people on my path who, whether it's like the health practitioner I see or my acupuncturist or getting to meet people like you, um, you know, you, you just piece by piece, like just take steps. And then it feels really, again, for lack of a trite, like a word that's overused, empowering, because you realize like you're not at the whim of 
doctors. You're not at the whim of this enormous, crazy pharmaceutical industry. You know, you can, you can make your own tinctures from herbs. You can grow the herbs and then you can make the tinctures. This kind of living is really important to me. Because then that, because I think the Western, although it has its place, like we said, like God forbid with a heart attack or broken limb, of course, but they're, they're all about like, getting rid of the symptom, not finding out what's causing the symptom, right? The root cause. 100%. Yeah. I mean, the last, this is also kind of private, but I'll share it because I'm sure it will help someone. As I was trying to figure out why my period had just disappeared and I was being told by a lot of doctors that it's normal. (laughs) I said, never in all of my life, since I was a young teenager, I started, have I ever ever not gotten my period except when I was pregnant with a human being good for you never and you're going to tell me now all of a sudden it's just gone yeah that that was my stubbornness too that's exactly right and I finally I think part of why I got so finally like enough is enough is because instead of saying you know what I don't understand this I don't know what's happening to you let's try to dive into it and figure it out it was just you're, we, you know, we can put There's you on, yeah, you we can put you on birth control. That's, and the last doctor I spoke to was basically like, well, it was a, cause I finally had to go to reproductive doctor and I did get tests done. Like, is there a blockage? Is my uterus? Okay. And that was important. So speaking of like yeah. Western medicine, it was important for me to like know that. And then at the end, she just was like, do you want to do IVF or not? I was like, Oh, Whoa, I just, <laughs> just want to know first like what's going on she but she oh didn't want God. to figure out what was going on then that's right. not her role in her mind it's not her role she does not have time for that and that's fine but I wanted to know what's wrong yeah why is this happening to me yes and I'm so glad that you listened yeah you gotta get a little stubborn and crazy and and kind of have had enough and then you you know you start to unwind it well, I had this when I, when I was going through a dark night of the soul in my thirties, you know, uh, before I got pregnant Been there, mm-hmm. I, yes. <laughs> but I had this moment where I was like, Oh my God, all the women they put away in the insane asylums for being hysterical. Mm. <laughs> I was like, they were just like, probably like us, like struggling with a health issue and hormones got in there. And then they like, were losing their mind. And they're like, just put them away, take out their uterus, give them a lobotomy, You're you right. know, just take out the plumbing, which I mean, I don't want to be controversial, but I also have some opinions about that with cancer. I mean, you know, God forbid anyone has that, that gene, but do we have to take out all the plumbing? Because right. I have a friend who had her breast removed, which I understand breast cancer runs in her family, but now they're telling her to take out her ovaries, her uterus. Oh my She's like, you know, young. Like, I'm like, do we have to do all that? Like, like, isn't that, isn't there another way? Maybe screen every six months. It's a little bit more annoying, but I don't right. know. Well, you know, uh, definitely that's above my pay grade, but in general, I, I have never before been so skeptical of what doctors tell me than, yeah. than I am now. I just, I mean, the good news is, I don't know on my Instagram link tree, I have a course I did called whole health. And I interviewed these amazing doctors who I find are heroes today mm. because they are doing things, you know, different from 
the typical, but they're MDs and they're holistic doctors or functional doctors, a bunch of them. And, the, and just what they think about all we're discussing, like root causes and how the detox pathways and, uh, you know, different vitamins and minerals and things, you know, and I, I created that course because I felt like, yeah, we need some, where are the ones that are like trying right. to help humanity? You right. know? Well, I mean, they get silenced. And yes. they get, they can get into a lot of trouble nowadays because we're living in a really weird world for saying things that don't align yeah. with what, you know, the powers that be want to be said. That's great. I will link to that course. And, and um, if anyone's interested and I'll uh, check it out myself. Oh, you said something that I wanted to take a thread with. And I just lost <laughs> it. I hate when that happens. Oh, and by the way, it's, it's, if anybody is interested, I can give your readers a discount. Um, oh, that's whole. wonderful. H uh, w H O L E whole. I think it's all capital for, for a discount. For Thank half you off. so like, much. I'll... Of course. Cause I, I really love the course we did and I want more people to see it. I also have my book whole, whole beauty. Yes. I wanted to dive it's, into that. Yeah. I'm going to link to all that. this beautiful I mean, it's book. a couple years old, but it has all the recipes and masks. And it talks a lot about Ayurveda. Like we were just saying like pizza, kapha, you know, about, uh, um, I was, so I was going to ask, I was going to ask you, I'll link to that, um, Shiva's book in the notes as well, but I, I was going to ask you how you came to write that book, but I have a feeling you've already told me, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk a little bit more about the book and kind of what, how you, how you came to, to write it and, um, what well, kind of it's like, an interesting thing, because it's, it goes back to what we were saying about divine timing, because mm -hmm. I pitched it maybe like seven years ago. And at that time, it was all no's. It was like, oh. nobody's interested in holistic beauty. No one's interested in green beauty. No one's interested in health. This is like too hip, you know, and I was like, no, right. no, 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 no. And I was like, okay. And then the thing with the rejection, I was like, okay, you know, see you mm -hmm. later. <laughs> like, I'm going to, I believe in it. I, it's just timing. And then I put it away. And then cut to like three years later, uh, agent uh, contacted me. Yeah, and I reached out to you. Me. I love it. I know. It's, <laughs> but that's the way I realize as I've gotten older. Yeah. If you have to fight, if you mm. if it's a constant battle, which I do, you know, I should practice what I preach because I'm dealing with that with work stuff. But sometimes that's like the universe, like just just let it go and yeah. not fight. It's not yeah. meant to be. Right. Um, and in that, in this situation, that's exactly what happened is a book agent contacted me and I wrote the proposal, I tweaked it. And then we went to our first publisher artisan, um, this amazing woman, Leah, who's like, I just fell in love with her. I was like, God, if I was a lesbian or if she was a lesbian, <laughs> this is who I'd want to be with. She was just such a badass, And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And it was like, no, like no fighting. No, you know what I mean? It was just all flow. Like pure flow. ease. Yeah. That's amazing. Pure ease. And then I, you know, it knocked it out. They, the publishers knew what I wanted, like everything down to the photographer. And everything. so that's like, when, you know, you know, it's like oh, green lights, that. just green lights everywhere. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I think that maybe another thing I'm realizing and I wonder if my listeners are realizing is books like yours and platforms like yours are really important because I, I feel like um the main message of society is always a little bit behind in a way and the level of toxicity in our world is is really off the charts oh my gosh five pounds of chemicals a woman acquires a year 
164 chemicals a day a woman is exposed to. This is from makeup, beauty, home cleaning. You know, I went, I do meditative tea. I serve, I do tea ceremony and I went mm. and served tea at this house and I'm so sensitive to like, all I could think about was the off gassing of the couches and the carpets and the curtains and the furniture. And the, yeah. I mean, I was like, I was like, stop, stop. But that's like where, I mean, uh, the chemicals, can... we are just, we're not even aware of how much, five pounds of chemicals that's a year. Cr- that's crazy. That's a crazy statistic. I it's actually didn't know that. It's crazy when you think of pounds. You right, pounds, like, like that's, that's heavy. That's <laughs> yeah. heavy. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a newborn baby, basically a small newborn baby, but still, yeah. You know, I, and I think we all kind of know that. And for a while we've known it. I don't know if it's just the madness of the world since 2020, but, or maybe it's just me becoming older, having some health issues, having a child, but it all seems so acute. And you really start to realize it's in your rug. It's in your uh, couch. It's in your hair spray, your you know, like every, your food. Oh my gosh. Your oil. Like, and then you're like, are they trying to kill us? And then you're like, are they trying to kill us? <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's like hard. such a struggle to detox constantly from all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that in some ways perhaps is the point, right? It's so overwhelming that why would you even embark on this? Like just kind of accept it and lean into it. And I almost feel like I don't know if I, I wouldn't have just like, I might've just kept going, taking those pills if my period hadn't stopped. Right. Right. If your body, so what a blessing, right? That's what I mean. Right. Like, unless something happens to you where you, but then what would have happened to me 10 years from now Right. with that, you know, um, there are things that can happen when your period stops. So you're, you're, you're bottling up a lot of estrogen. You're bottling up a lot of things. Like there's a reason why you have it contrary Not to what to the doctor. Your bones, osteoporosis. And I mean, there's so many, there's so many things. Effects. Yeah. So I just think that that is a big part of what also has to click is to really understand actually how toxic the whole, the world we live in is. And sometimes it, I do wonder, like, is this a battle we can win? Is this a fight yeah, we can, we can. Definitely hundred percent. And this is why, again, detox pathways, our bodies are meant to detox. So again, if you're, if your body is detoxing the way it's supposed to, then yes, those chemicals can be released. Um, if you're taking things, you know, your greens and, and, and certain mushrooms and, you know, shilajit and there's things you can do, you know, and also mentally. And I think it's more of a, uh, struggle than it probably was 50 years ago, but I think we, we also have more knowledge, That's true. you know, and, and, um, and I, I, I ha- we have to be optimistic because the stress of it is actually probably far worse than everything. Mm. Right. So, so the stress of worrying about it and worrying about our children and worrying about our bodies is probably, you know, worse in some ways. That's a great so point. We do actually. What we can. That's you a know. great point. You, you say, I read, I think it was on your website or your Instagram. I like to pull quotes from people and read them back to them. They're always like, oh, I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> you say, as a society, we are becoming more aware of the connection to older ways of living in harmony with our planet. Mm. I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about that. And what did you mean uh, by that? I think it's basically what we're saying now. I mean, I, you know, when things did weren't sprayed with, <laughs> with the pesticides and, and the furniture wasn't sprayed with the 
you know, right. flame retardant, toxic chemicals. And, and I think more and more people are just, you know, like I saw this post, somebody was saying they thought rebelling was, you know, drinking and doing drugs and getting tattoos and piercings. But in reality, it's like getting a plot of land, growing your own food, Amen. <laughs> you know, like Amen. buying yep. raw milk because I was doing yesterday in my little town, you know, like these are the ways we really rebel against the system now. You are you know? so, so right. I agree with that completely. I, I talk about that a lot on here and on Instagram as well. It, it, it's not what, it's not what you thought it looked like. No. And I mean, my teenager, for example, my, my teenage daughter who, you know, in my time you shave your head or diet or get a piercing, she's going to the Catholic church. Like, I feel like that's the form of rebellion now. Cause like everything else is done, you know, it is. It's... her crazy artistic parents have done every, you know, let's go <laughs> the other route. so she's like going to Catholic church. I'm like, that's probably her form of religion. Listen, God bless. I'm happy yeah. she's going to be baptized as a Catholic. I'm that okay. is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> you know, you make me think of something that somebody commented on one of my posts, because I think I was, I was talking about something like this and how uh, we are really, the, the message for most of my upbringing was that you left home and that home was a place that you had to outgrow. And if you stayed in your hometown, you were like a certain kind of person. You were like the one left behind, the one who maybe didn't have as much ambition or talent. And even me and my friends who grew up 45 minutes north of Manhattan, I mean, one of the mm -hmm. greatest metropolis in, in the world, felt like we had to leave our hometown and right. do something else. And somebody commented, I totally grew up the same way. I really get that. However, my children are not leaving home. They're staying mm -hmm. close to home. And it's a pattern they're seeing because it's the opposite, right? right. It's the opposite trend of the trend yes. we had ingrained in us. Yes, they're being <laughs> rebellious that way. Everything <laughs> is on its head. Everything yeah. is like upside down. I feel like it's just... <laughs> but those are kind of promising trends to me. You know, the idea yes. that my child might stay close to me after he becomes, you know, when he becomes an adult and we might have a home, like a family, that I, that's like inspiring right. to me. Which you know, is very Italian, isn't it? I mean, I remember oh, yeah. like in Italy, the, the sons would stay, you know, they were at home Absolutely. still late. And I was like, that's so Iranian too. I mean, there's something beautiful about that. Maybe there, it's supposed there to be is. Like well, speaking of the question I just asked you, it's very old world. It's a way that things were done for so many generations. Yeah you know, before, before kind of speed and convenience and cars and moving and affluence, frankly, became a, such a big part of our society. Right. I mean, right. I think everything is being questioned, which is such an exciting time. Um, I saw my da older daughter actually sent me this post too of this girl who was like, I don't want to be a girl boss. Like, I don't want to be out there like running a company and being a CEO. I want to be taking, you know, taking care of in a way. I want to not in a no, I realistic way. You are talking like, to the right person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny. My older daughter sent that to me because it's like, you know, I think people are really rethinking exactly. the, whatever the feminist version that, we, you know, we're like, maybe it doesn't work for us. You nope. know, I, this is another thing I, I talk about often. And anytime I go out on the ledge and say this on Instagram, I get so many messages and comments from other women. I felt like I 
again, had to leave home. I'm creative. I was, I'm a writer, artistic. I had to kind of have this certain life. I didn't want to be tied down. Right. Cause that's not cool right. to be tied down. And, and, uh, art is made out there on the fringes. And what happened was like, I really took on this set of values that are not mine. You know, they were in the air and I absorbed them and that's all fine and good until your life is seriously impacted by it. And I waited a really long time to have a family. I'm so grateful for my family. I'm, I'm so grateful for my husband and my son, but I wish I would have had children earlier. I wish I would have started my family sooner. I always say when you do get married and you do have kids, the the thing you want most is more time with them. I know. <laughs> not I less know. time. And this well, is. I've a- been telling my girls to get, I mean, it's not working, but I keep telling them <laughs> to get knocked up. I've been telling them that since they were 16. They're so always like, like horrified. <laughs> They're like, mom! <laughs> but, but I've this been is- telling them that since they were, I'm like, come on. This is hi. the opposite of what <laughs> we're told, right? Freeze yeah. your eggs go work for the corporation, climb the, like what our, you know, generation was told, climb the corporate ladder, save it for later. For what? I mean, now we're looking back and for what, for companies that dissolve, for companies that lay you off, they, they are, it is not, it is necessary to work. And some women are thinking of you. They're not thinking, they're not thinking of your best interests. They're not thinking of your well-being, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing I think people are realizing. Exactly. And the pill, they're realizing how bad the pill is. I'm so glad this is coming out. Yeah. I knew the pill was bad because then when I took it at 22 or 23, it was like the worst, you know, I just knew intuitively. I was like, I'm I never doing that again. And experience. then now finally they're saying, oh my God, women are attracted to men that aren't masculine when they're on the pill. Oh my God, women get mm. this. Oh my God, it affects their libido. It affects their fertility later. It affects, shrinks their ovaries. Like all yep. these like studies yep. finally are coming out. I'm like, yeah, it's like, and I mean, this is like with the Roe versus Wave thing. I'm pro-life, hundred percent your body. I mean, pro-choice, pro-choice, sorry. Pro-choice. Say it again. <laughs> like your, your, my body, your choice. Totally. Right. And my daughter was like, she's like, why aren't you freaking out so much? I'm like, I, I'm thousand percent pro-choice, but I think this might be an opportunity for women to get to know their bodies, to know when they ovulate, to know when they, you know, when they're fertile, like the old world, the world, the old times. And, right. and, and it could be like, it's a secret. It's a superpower. Like to exactly. know when you're like, you know, at the height of your fertility. Um, I mean, yes, of course I want women to have the freedom to do whatever they choose. But I also think like with maybe this will benefit in that way, if we can like figure I out a way. Yeah, I understand what you mean. It's like to, to open up the conversation and say like, okay, yes, this and this, but also how about learning a way that like prevents some of this from being a necessity and right being in tune with our bodies and knowing because your body really does tell you it tells you and then I mean I think I was using the rhythm method when the pill didn't work for me and Mm -hmm. you know that that worked for me for for a decade you know so it's possible speaking of masculine men um I have we've been talking for a while and not surprisingly I have tons of stuff I didn't even get to so that you'll have to come back (laughs) another time but before we wrap up I do want to talk a little bit about your move to Texas. Uh, I love one part of your platform. Shiva has a great Instagram, by the way, guys, I'll link to it. You should follow her. 
She's very vocal. She's very eloquent and very inspiring. And I, one of the, the threads I should say that I, you talk about often is your move to Texas and your cowboy uh, partner. <laughs> and I love it because I, I very much agree with you in this sense that there are things that men do and there are things that women do. And these can overlap. These can shape shift. I'm, I'm one of those people who is like, do you, but this is a real thing. And as somebody who has married a very masculine man, myself, (laughs) you know, I, I resonate with a lot of what you're talking about. And I love support group. Yeah. (laughs) Let's have a support group. That's great. Yeah. There's definitely pluses and minuses, but you know, when, when the power went out, was it a year ago in Texas? I remember you wrote about this and I was like, I really, I love this woman. Oh yeah. I would tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. No way we would have survived the polar vortex two weeks, no electricity, no heat, no water, no gas, no nothing, nothing. I mean, just the bare bone minimum and thank God for our gas burning stove that protected us and our animals. We wouldn't be alive. I mean, literally we wouldn't be alive. You mean your wood burning stove, right? Or what are wood burning? You, yeah, yeah. you said gas burning. She meant wood burning. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah sorry. People probably burning. know that, but still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The gas too would have worked, but we had, of course, we ran out of propane like that. Uh, okay. So it was like a, the, the perfect storm. Um, so, yes, there was a moment where I, my, our car had so much ice on it uh, that I couldn't open the door because oh, finally wow. I had to go to town and try to like figure it because we live like 20, 25 minutes from town. And my partner, had to get the axe and like axe the ice which I wouldn't have been able to even axe the ice like physically like do if I was there physically so if mm-hmm. I was there alone I don't know what would have happened because we're right. rural you know we don't have sure. like neighbors our neighbors are here but far um so yeah there were many moments where I was like oh my god like this is really yeah <laughs> this is the real deal like you do need someone who's strong and not that women can't be strong, but I would not have been able to pick up that axe and, and sure. axe to my car at all. Well, and he was to going out. My daughter, my daughter, my animals. I mean, sure. yeah, I think, you know, and he was going out and getting the wood and splitting the wood and, and it was freezing and all of these things. It's not, it's not that, you know, if you had to do that in some, I mean, some things like physically, right, would have been difficult for you. Uh, I'm sure you could have gone out and gotten wood and such, but this respect for the the different roles that like instinctually align with women and men uh, are getting just disrespected and men especially are so disrespected in our culture right now. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it hurts me. I grew up around wonderful men, Mm -hmm. good men, men who did things like, you know, driving down the highway and see an accident in front of them and, pull the car over and sprint half a mile and get oh. down there to perfect strangers to see if they're okay and wait until the ambulance comes They're like that's a, this is, such a beautiful thing it's such a beautiful thing I mean the and I just love the way you are adamant <laughs> <laughs> about pointing this out and respecting it and I think it's something that you know, a lot more of us need to do set a respect for the men. In, well, you know, there's a lives. beautiful Native American saying, which is like, the women will bring the men to God mm. and the men will protect the women, you know? Mm. 
I and it's that. this like symbiotic relationship. It's like, you know, it's they, symbiotic. That's what it is. It's, it's the, it's like the pieces that fit together and mm -hmm. just having, you know, just having respect for that. I, I was, you were saying before about, you know, you have women who are messaging you saying, or, or I forget what you said, if you read it somewhere, you know, I don't want to be a girl boss. Mm -hmm. And I've had many conversations with homesteaders on this show and other people who are homemakers and they're, you know, the kind of this confession of realizing like, I just want to raise a family. I just want to take yeah. care of my home and my husband and my kids and how it's almost like a confession you have to make. I know. In today's society. <laughs> And it's such a, I mean, it's so rewarding because we're creating community that way. We're creating healthy human beings. Like what's more important than that? Absolutely. Yeah. And like healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, like correct. children yeah. that are going to be able to go in the world and, you know, carry, carry us on. Cause as you know, there's a population decline. There's yep. like all this chaos in the world. Like that, if we can just do what we can in our little certain our little families that's going to have a ripple effect you know 100 and and my point in that is you know it became at some point that that was that role for a woman became disrespected yeah and you know the writing we we're talking about everything's being reassessed and i think the reassessment for that right now is that is work that a lot of women do and have done historically and it's not bad work it needs to be respected it's oh the most gosh. important work it's and the that's hardest, it. hardest work. Totally. We need, we need to go back to respecting the men and the hard work they do and women and the hard work they do and, and have this reverence for both the roles, yeah. even as we admit that they're fluid in some manner, you know, of course, of course. Yes. But also it's what makes an interesting relationship polarity, right? Mm. That's the attraction like magnets. I couldn't be, you know, with someone like myself so much. It just wouldn't be so interesting. And yes, my partner and I butt heads, but that's, you know, the polarity, which, you know, if I, if I think about it, I'm like, okay, well, that's a good thing because, <laughs> you know, we don't want to be the same. I love you saying that because I'm going to be married five years in a, a few weeks. Oh, and <laughs> congratulations. And thank you. And I often have to remind myself of that because we get this, another, um, I guess I'm big on messages in the air, but we get these, this message that, you know, you're supposed to marry your soulmate and your soulmate is supposed to be just like you and love all the things you like and watch all the things you watch. That's what girlfriends are for. Right. That's what girlfriends are for. I it's love that. True. That's yeah. what girlfriends are for. That's not like, you know, and yeah, yeah. I, I remind myself too. My partner isn't into historical dramas, right. you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. But that's not what I, why I'm with him. You know, something that I think you'll probably resonate with, like I, my husband wakes up and he is interested in the news mm -hmm. and I am not like that. I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. And sometimes it aggravates me. I want him to wake up the way I do. Right. But then sometimes in my better moments, I step back and I go, okay, he's the man. He's my husband. He's the head of our household in, in that, in his, in that respect, right. That, that kind of traditional respect in some way, meaning mm -hmm. for him, it is his job to protect us. It exactly. is. I was going to say, there's probably a deeper meaning for him. It's an unconscious desire to make sure 
Yeah. Like I know my partner too, it's like, he doesn't talk about it, but I know he's constantly thinking of 50,000 million threats I could have, you know, and I, and I'm always like, oh my God, I didn't realize like, it's not easy being a man. <laughs> like your, your brain is just formed to constantly think of the worst case yep. scenarios that yep. can happen. Like, I'm like, wow, that's just the way their brain, you know, and God bless. So we can, be, we can bring them to God and they can protect us. Right. I love that. That's exactly right. You know, that when I step back, I think, okay, well, if he's, if he's busy all day thinking about how to make the best loaf of bread, like I am, <laughs> who's protecting <laughs> us? Like who's right. thinking of what could happen? And that is in his way, in like a modern way, that's his way of knowing what's going on. What are the threats? Yes that I have to protect my family from. So just a little bit of food for thought for some of the gals out there who might, you know, be <laughs> nitpicking on their partners and spouses and, and all that. Right. Um, Shiva, I could talk to you easily for another hour, Aww, but I want to be mindful you. of your so, time. So wonderful. Thank you. Same for me. Um, is there anything on the horizon new coming that our, our my listeners should look out for in your work? Mm, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I have a beauty line, so I have uh, new products there always. It's called Shiva Rose Beauty. Um, I'm teaching some retreats. There's one in New Mexico in February 25th and one in Spain in June. Um, what else? I'm working on a womb, like I was telling you, my whole dive into the womb magic. Um, I'm, I might do a course around that. Uh, next that'll live online kind of like the health course and, right and I have a moon course that's there too for women who want to be uh, connected deeper to the moon cycles so I love all of it it's it's all so exciting and a wealth of knowledge I will link to all of those things in the show notes please check it out and Shiva thank you so much thank for speaking you with me. thank you and I hope we get to dance in Italy one day <laughs> oh I would love that oh that is something to look forward to <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, my friends. If you're not already subscribed to the show, please do subscribe so that new episodes load automatically. Share the show with your friends, share it on social, and of course, find me on Instagram at Dolores underscore Alfieri underscore Tedanto. Join me over on Substack if you want more of basically everything I talk about here on the show. Here's to knowing your roots and cultivating a beautiful life from their power.